to the Gridiron Show in association with Sports Travel Tours. And what a week it's already been. The International Series games announced a cracking set of games on Thanksgiving. And we've got an interview with AJ Hawk of the Cincinnati Bengals coming over to London later on in the show. So much to cram him. Pro Football Hall of Fame shortlist. All of the weekend games. We're going to get it all in there somehow. So this is the Gridiron Show. Hello, thank you, and welcome to the Gridiron Show. Will Gavin and Ollie Hunter in the studio. Uh, no, there's no time for faffing, Ollie. We've got a lot to cram in and not too much time to do it because I want to go home to my wife. Okay. I, I'm not going to lie, I'm absolutely shattered today because I've just done the Aston Villa-Watford game. If you're not a fan of the soccer ball, I apologise for talking about it so early in the game, but 57-minute long second half. By the end of it, I mean, they ended up taking my game live for the last 10 minutes. Just it was like, wow. we've still got live football going, let's go over to it. And Villa just tried, they were only a single goal down, and they just basically tried nothing in the last 10 minutes. And trying to generate excitement when there's none to be had was ridiculous. But it was a good game overall, I'm just very tired. I hope you just slagged off Villa. Uh, yeah, I slagged off Villa. I, I did a lot of slang of Heraleo Gomez in the first half and then uh, he went and got seriously injured in the second half so I felt oh, a little bit was there an ambulance uh, I think your party style he got, he got stretched off the field I think uh, you don't you don't stretch a 300 plus lineman off the field in Mikey Upati but uh, yeah it was a it was an okay game I'm just feeling a little I'm full of adrenaline but very tired at the same time so this might be all over the shop I'm not going to lie I've just come back from Loftus Road uh, where we have a, our nick um, our captain's nickname uh, Neda Manua is the chief Nice. So I've dis- I tried to get a Kansas City Chiefs style. Um, that is the wrong music. Go again. Yes. So I tried to get a <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs style. Oh, 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 no one was buying into it. So next time I go, and if anyone can help me here, uh, where I might be able to find uh, perhaps a chieftain blue and white for the QPR sort of chieftain headdress thing. Oh man, you'd look like a really bad like version of a punk from a uh, like a dystopian seventies no, film. But a proper one, not like a Tina Turner, Tina, Tina Turner, Tina Turner, <laughs> Tina Turner one, but a proper one. And then I'll wear that, and then I'll get. I'm going to start a new chant at QPR. Tina Turner's a great printer pun. I just wish we had a reason to use it. Uh, anyway, this is the Gridiron Show in association with Sports Travel Tours. Sports Travel for sports fans, by sports fans. Check them out Woo! at sportstraveltours.com. And uh, Gridiron Magazine, the new Gridiron Magazine, came out this week. Fantastic reaction to Simon Clancy's in-depth piece on concussions. We're actually going to be doing a special episode of the podcast around that very same topic, using a lot of the interviews, obviously, that Clancy did, but getting Simon on the phone, getting some experts on uh, all around the release of the new concussion film starring Will Smith so that's going to be coming up shortly I don't know if we're getting Will Smith why don't we get him down the line in quality rather than on the phone what who Simon Clancy I think we are going to get him on quality so we'll just say not on the phone I don't care moving on (laughs) Um, and uh, if you don't subscribe to Gridiron Magazine or you do subscribe but only from this season it is of course Black Friday weekend you've been getting emails from everyone you've ever bought something off online offering you a similar product but for cheaper over the last two days well we're offering every back edition of Gridiron Magazine for just £2.50 a copy that's pretty much half price 
That's amazing. Yeah. So Black Friday deal. Yeah. Uh, great, great addition with the concussion. So get on and buy it now. Uh, we've got loads to get up to. AJ, we've got AJ Hawk coming on in a short while. I did this interview straight off the back of the announcements on Wednesday. Really good fun chat with him uh, talking about he's, he's a bit of an Anglophile. Uh, he's really good fun. And uh, he's a former Packer. And we talked about the possibility of a Packers Bengals Super Bowl. I'd like to point out that that was before Thursday night's games. <laughs> Let's go crackers with the Packers. <laughs> no, Mike Parry, we will not be going crackers with the Packers because they were terrible. Oh, they were terrible. Uh, we will get on to that, but we should kick things off with the obvious subject for UK fans, and that's on Wednesday. The announcement of the 2016 International Series games was made. There were some surprises in there. Some teams were expecting to come over. We knew Washington and Cincinnati had both been slated for games. They'll be taking each other on with the Bengals as the designated home team in week eight at Wembley. Uh, uh, Colts-Jags, we half expected that. Andrew Luck coming over. Jags as the home team. That'll be week four at Wembley. And the, the interesting one, the one that's slightly different, is NFC East at Rams, because as I'm sure you're aware, as the sort of person who listens to this podcast, two of your uh, rivals each year are not decided until the final placements are in. So we'll know their opponent after week 17. Uh, it looks like it could be the Cowboys. It could be Washington. It even could be the Eagles. Some terrible performances on Thanksgiving suggest it could be any of those three teams. Yeah, it really could be. It's just basically not going to be the Giants who I think are going to win the East by default. I feel like they could not win another game and still win the <laughs> division probably, at five and eleven. They really, could. <laughs> and they definitely would be the division of disgrace. Yeah, we may have named that too quickly, but I'm we like, needed to I, do it at some I, point. I said no, we'd named it too quickly, and you jumped all on it. Ah, whatever, whatever. Uh, right, so uh, just first of all, what were your first reactions to it? Meh. I mean, uh, you I'm know my position. The, the thing is, my position on this is always, you know, we've got to be thankful we're getting so many yeah. games. It's it's great to see. We love the live games. It's going to be fascinating to see how it works at Twickenham. I think Twickenham is actually better set up for a tailgate style. Like, it's got the car park either side. I think you could yeah. have a better tailgate at uh, at Twickenham versus Wembley, which isn't really set up for it necessarily. Um, I, I was surprised it wasn't four games. We expected it to be four games. I think that's because they're still pushing so hard for a game to happen in Mexico. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe they'll go... Actually, we're going to have a fourth UK game because the Mexico Stadium is not ready for the NFL. Um, but that, I'm, that's pure speculation, I'd like to point out. There's no inside knowledge on that at all. It'll probably just be the three. Uh, I, you know, the Rams coming over, Todd Gurley, that's exciting. They might have uh, a new quarterback. We, we'd love to see uh, Indianapolis. We want to see Andrew Luck, the Colts. Hopefully they'll fire Ryan uh, 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 Grigson and actually finally have a decent team by then. Uh, Washington, Cincinnati. Well, we got some of your reactions and it was mixed. Um, uh, James Kemp says, hmm. Not great. Uh, Gary Taylor says maybe we've been spoiled. Uh, I think he didn't like the mystery guest element, but I'm not happy. I'm not too. F I'm fine with that. A lot of people are saying they're disappointed it wasn't their team. Not happy. No Cardinals again, but I'll still buy my season ticket. Yeah, I, they can't have every team. They've got at least two. No, is it at least three new teams coming over? Maybe four if the Eagles come as well. Which, considering that'll take us up to I think 26 of all the teams in the league, that's pretty good. Yeah, that is pretty good. And you're right, Will. We are really lucky to have this no other country in the world has it at the moment and we've got three three times so yeah all right. i'm all i'm all on board andy giddings says just three games that's disappointing i think to which i pointed out uh bobby wilcox says slightly underwhelming three games amazing but i'd love to see another showpiece team there was a lot of talk about the packers in the build-up and i think people saw that as almost nailed on considering especially that washington there was some talk of them giving up a home game packers are one of their road teams this year and i know the packers want to come over just not as a home game so i think people were a little disappointed did not see that. I think it got really built up that, oh, it doesn't matter what the other games are, we've got the Packers coming 
coming over, but uh, sadly it wasn't. To be. I think some teams don't want to give up a home game against the Packers because they are they they travel really well, Packers fans, mm-hmm. and there are lots of Packers fans all over the shop. So. Perhaps I think was, they didn't want to give up. I think there was a uh, general opinion as well. Don't, don't believe the rumours. Uh, Matthew Scott Ashley said, no Packers gutted, said Jim McKinnon. I'm still hold, hoping on to a slim hope I'll see the Giants, says Rich Stone. Rich, I think you don't understand that the Rams are so bad that I mean your team would have to go into a horrible hole. Um, so I think generally the opinion uh, seems a bit unfair. Todd Gurley is going to have to run against four defences, to be honest. And that's because we put NFC East at. They could. I think you could put together the best possible defence from all of the NFC East teams and Todd Gurley would still gash them for 200 yards. Yeah, definitely. Them. definitely. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was obviously big news. And off the back of that, uh, we spoke to from the Cincinnati Bengals and this is maybe my favourite interview of the year. Had a lot of fun doing this. I will high-five that. Uh, formerly a Green Bay Packer. In fact, I gave him a big build-up on the interview, so why not just let myself do it? It's the brilliant AJ Hall. So joining us on the line now, wonderful linebacker out of Ohio State, won the Jack Lambert Trophy and the Lombardi Award before being drafted into Green Bay, where he won the ultimate Lombardi Award, the trophy itself, this off-season. Returning to his native Ohio, signed with the Bengals, and now should be joining them on their trip to our nation's capital, playing Washington at Wembley on the 30th of October. He's not unfamiliar with talking on these sorts of shows, has his own very fine podcast, The Hawkcast. It's AJ Hawk. AJ, happy Thanksgiving, sir. Hey, happy Thanksgiving to you. It's good, uh, good to be on with you. Look, uh, being back in your home state of Ohio, are you going to celebrate Turkey Day in a big way? I am. This is this is uh, my first time in ten years being in Ohio for uh, for Thanksgiving. So it's going to be great to to hang out with my family and my my growing family. I have two young kids myself. My wife is due with our third uh, Christmas Eve. So we're we're moving forward and and having a, a growing family. Wow. Well, con- congratulations on that. First of all, obviously. Uh, any thoughts of swapping in some English rep- recipes in preparation of your trip to London? <laughs> well, I've been to London a few times. I mean, what would you suggest? I figure out you got to ask the, the natives what. I mean, you know, us Americans, we're so ignorant. We all we know is what fish and chips and whatever. <laughs> what, what do you? What would you suggest? Hey, look, we do a very fine roast dinner over here. It's the kind of meal you'd eat at Thanksgiving. We have every Sunday. But uh, something you need to add to it, I think, is the uh, the Yorkshire pudding. I don't, have you ever heard of that? Yorkshire? I have not. It's kind of like pancake batter, but a savoury pancake batter, and then roasted to form little, uh, I'm trying to think, they kind of almost look like potatoes, but they're made of batter, and they're kind of soft with a crunchy outside. They're delightful. We'll get you some when you're over here. They are the best. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Um, when an announcement like this is made about your team, that you're going to be coming over to London next season, what's it like in the locker room? Do the team get buzzing over this sort of thing? Yeah, I think so. I mean, ever since the NFL started playing these games over there, I think uh, guys in the league kind of have all been excited to get over there and play. And, and I've talked to a lot of my friends that have, have had the chance to go play in London, and they all had positive things to say about it. And they said it was a great experience. And they said the, the fans were amazing. Like the atmosphere surrounding the whole week leading up to the game was just a lot of fun. And then the, the atmosphere during the game was electric, and, and they really enjoyed it. So I think for us, yeah, everyone's excited. It's, it's obviously a – uh, going to be a, a unique week for us. So we're we're really looking forward to it. I'm glad that we've managed to send other people away with a good impression. We hope to do the same for you. Obviously, you said you've been over before, but are there any sites in particular that you want to see, or have other guys been picking your brain over things they can do while they're over in the UK? Well, I, I mean, I've, I I kind of hit all the touristy things. I know that that I'm sure you guys get sick of people talking about <laughs> that come over. I've done the London Eye and, and everything, and all that's awesome. It, I really do, and I love the history 
over there and seeing Big Ben and everything. But what the most fun I've had was I went there five or six years ago, and my brother-in-law and my buddy who we went over with and with my wife and, and their their spouses, um, we just went and went to like a local pub and stayed all day and watched uh, the soccer matches and whatever you guys call it, football, I know. And we just had fun <laughs> with the locals, and that was the greatest part of, of being there, and that's what I like to do when I go anywhere that's outside of of the U.S. is you want to hang out and go where the locals go and see what they're doing, and, and you guys just seem to have a good time and, and always be having fun. So that was my favorite part, honestly. No doubt, and that's what I think you'll see at Wembley as well, is the combination of those two things. You've got that experience of, of the pub, of watching soccer, and it's kind of, you get the good combination of those two things, but we do love uh, we love the American culture, we love the, the sport itself as well. I noticed, and this is one of those weird things you can find out on Wikipedia, but you mentioned your family. Um, your daughter's called Lennon Knoll. Is that like a Beatles Oasis British thing? It's a, that's straight after John Lennon, man. We're, uh, we're a big, uh, big John Lennon fan. My, my daughter's name is Lennon and my son's name is Hendrix after Jimi Hendrix. Amazing. So, yeah, it's all, that's, that's, uh, we're, we're big into the, the classic rockers and we love those guys. Great stuff. Well, we've got a big Anglophile on our hands, obviously, then. Look, your opponents for this weekend, the Rams, have already been tweeting because they're coming out to London as well, uh, tweeting some videos of some of their guys practicing their London accents. Have you given uh, your, your British accent a go yet? Did you try it when you were out here? I have not, man. That is, that is something that I I almost feel like that would be like disrespectful to you guys. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I, I'm always amazed. You're always amazed, you know, when you watch these TV shows when you find out that the leading actors are, are British and they have, you know, you see them in an interview or something, like, oh, wait, this guy, he might, he had puts on the greatest American accent ever, and you never know. They fool you. They're so talented. So I don't see many Americans going over and faking the, the British accent and doing it very well. So I just leave that, I leave that alone. Uh, you will win a lot of fans over here with that, I tell you, with that attitude. But uh, they definitely do try it, and you'll see it. Your teammates will try it as well, I'm absolutely sure. Uh, look, on the football side of things, you've come off that uh, loss against the Cardinals last weekend. You were 8-0, and so now slipped back to 8-2. Uh, that felt like a particularly tough loss after the Texans game. Yeah, I mean, it, we, it was two two battles, two tough games that kind of went down to the wire for us. And... Uh, we, we felt like we were in it the whole time in, in both these games. And, you know, coming off this Arizona game we played on Sunday night, um, just how we fought back and forth through the whole game, it was just such a good game to watch, I'm sure, as fans. No you know, doubt. As a, as a casual fan. But to uh, to be part of it, it was it, it was a real – it was a fun game. It was an intense game. But I just I wish you would have found a way to make one more play. That's basically what it seemed like. And you got to give the Cardinals credit because they – they won that game, and they, they put together a drive at the end, and Carson Palmer orchestrating that last drive and getting them into field goal range to, to win it. So they, they did a great job. But for us, I mean, our confidence didn't shot or anything. We still feel good about where we can go. We just need to find a way to get back on track. What were your thoughts on the penalty on your defensive captain, uh, Peko, at the end there? I mean, is that the sort of thing you see happen a lot in the in, uh, scrimmage? And is that was it a surprise to see that flagged? You know, was it one of those kind of frustrating things that seems to happen at just the wrong moment? I mean, it's pretty rare for that to happen, for them to call that penalty. I mean, I was out there at the time, and I didn't hear anything, but I was on the other side of the line, and I know he definitely didn't uh, intentionally try to draw them off sides. Um, we make checks all the time through our D-line and with our linebackers on different you know, defenses or fronts that we're running, so I don't know if they, they claim they heard him making a check that they thought was trying to draw them off sides or whatever. So it's a pretty unique in situation, mm. I think, especially the time of the game when it happened. So, 
I don't I don't put anything on him for he definitely wasn't intentionally trying to get them offside. Okay, good. That's good to hear. Now, I, I look at your linebacking core in Cincy. I think we were talking actually in the pub, one of those sorts of conversations, an all dayer, and we were talking about the most underrated people and most underrated coach, most underrated this, that, and the other. And I feel like your linebacking core, Ray Maluga, yourself, uh, Vinnie Ray filled in brilliantly while Vontae's without, now Vontae's is back. Feels like one of the most underrated units in the league. How good is that unit, and how good can that defense be going towards the playoffs this year? Well, I mean, I think if you look at it, we're really deep. We have a lot of different guys that we rotate in throughout the different situations of the game at linebacker, and you can't always do that. You know, a lot of times you don't have enough enough depth to do that, and we seem to get to rotate in and out and keep guys fresh, and whoever's in there we feel really confident with, and we know we have a lot of a lot of guys that can play the three linebacker spots here. So I think it all comes from how well we get along and how well we work together. You know, we take our job really seriously, but we also have a great time with it. Um I think moving forward, especially into the you know the later part of the season, it gets colder. Teams want to run the ball more. Teams want to uh, try to make the game more physical. It, it can only help to have multiple guys that can play each spot. What was it like for you spending so long on a single team and then coming into that new situation with guys who have been there a few years? You're obviously seen as a bit of a leader on the defense in Green Bay. How how's that transition been for you? Uh, it honestly was a great transition. I wasn't sure what to expect. I spent nine seasons in Green Bay, so that's all I knew of the NFL life. Um, but I knew when I wasn't going to be in Green Bay anymore that I grew up about 45 minutes away from Cincinnati here, and the Bengals were always kind of my team growing up as a kid, and I knew I wanted to find a way to get here. So when they called, I, I jumped at the opportunity. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, obviously, like the first day, first week, you're not really sure what to expect. You're coming in for workouts and everything. You don't really know – Many of the guys, personally, you don't really know where the meeting rooms are, what times everything starts. So it's like you're the new kid in school, almost. I was the old new kid in school, um, which I, I don't mind at all. I'm in my 10th season now, so I'm very fortunate to still be playing. But um, the guys, honestly, were very welcoming from day one. Even when I first signed with the team, got text messages from the linebackers just welcoming me to the team and, and saying, it's time to get to work, let's, let's get this thing going. So they've been, honestly, they've been great, and they've put up with me asking them questions and bugging them about the defense from way back in April when we started installing this defense. It's all new to me, so I'm always constantly learning from them, and it, it, it's been a good experience. Fantastic. And I've, I've got to ask about on the other side of the field as well. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a ginger, as we'd call it here, or a redhead. Uh, so I've, right. I've, Yeah, you got to love Andy there. <laughs> well, I've been a big fan of the Red Rifle for a while, but seeing him <laughs> make that step up this year, the improvement in his deep ball, the, and, and what seems to be a, almost a bit more of a swagger to him, a bit more uh, like he's got a bit more confidence, a bit more of a leadership about him. Is that what you've seen when you've been there? What's he like kind of on and off the field? Well, I, I knew, I said when I first got here back in April, when I first signed with the team, I noticed from day one, Andy's a guy that you want to root for. You want him to do well. He's such a good guy. Just take take football out of the equation, and he's just a great person and a great friend. And a great I mean, guy us gingers generally are, to be honest, AJ. Yeah, I mean, you know, you guys you guys had it tough <laughs> growing up, you know. Andy, Andy had to fight through a lot of adversity, so now he's... But, you know, Ed, Ed Sheeran, I told Andy, Ed Sheeran's changed the game for all you guys. You know, he's, he's put you guys out there and made you popular again, or made you even, like, it's like a, it's a real special thing. So I think you guys should run with that whole uh, that thing. I think it's great. And uh, now what, Andy's getting talked about his new hairstyle and all this stuff this year. So he's been, a, he's honestly, he's what you want in a quarterback. A great guy off the field and a, and a supreme leader and competitor when he's on the field. Awesome stuff. Let me ask you about the game this weekend then. Facing, as we said, another London-bound team in the Rams. How's the prep going for this weekend? 
It's going well. Uh, you know, we have Thanksgiving coming up, so this is kind of a it's a week that you got to find a way to not only prepare like you do every other normal week for the season, but you have to, uh, you know, you want to take a take a step away, you know, in the afternoon and enjoy your family for Thanksgiving and then come back right back Friday morning and, and get ready uh, for the game again. So I think it's these weeks are good for us. It's good to kind of take a, a step back for for a little bit and just like you said, like it kind of forces you to, to look around and, and you know really appreciate what you have here and that we're all so lucky to, to be playing football and be playing a game as as our job but i think the rams man their their offense is really well they're running back obviously the running game is very explosive and so for linebackers and our front seven it's going to be a big test for us but you know it's a challenge that we feel good about great stuff um look if you sack the quarterback you're not going to be flipping anyone off are you Oh man, you really do your research, don't you? <laughs> I remember <laughs> when they said it was going to be AJ Hall. I, I remembered back to that game specifically, and, and I, I like that was one of the. Uh, I, see, I, I love that sort of thing. I think that's what the way where the NFL is, is most fun when you've got it is that kind of team mentality and guys going yeah. out there and enjoying and it, themselves. The and I wasn't doing it that people thought I was like doing it to the fans or something. No, it was to one of my my other teammates. It was a joke, and the camera just caught me. You know how that's how dumb I am. I thought the camera wasn't going to get me. <laughs> but, um, so yeah. Yeah, but hey, I don't blame me. I don't. I don't regret it. I, I regret that maybe some people, a couple of people, claimed that they were offended, but that's, I can't worry about that. I, I have, a, I have that picture up in my house. My kids see that thing. I just told them that sometimes dad gets a little dad's passionate about his job and he gets carried yeah, away. Right. And if I made a mistake, I apologize. <laughs> uh, just a couple more for you, uh, AJ. Um, you mentioned the great running game, the very exciting running game in uh, St. Louis. And actually, I wanted to ask about another running back expected to go high in the draft maybe next year uh, is Ezekiel Elliott at your alma mater at Ohio State. And what your thoughts were on his comments in the locker room after the game this past week, uh, kind of calling out the play, calling in the coaching a little bit. Is that just a young guy maybe making a mistake or did you like what he said or what? What were your feelings on that? Well, I think, I mean, they caught him, I think, right after the game. Obviously, he's very emotional. I think anytime they, it's tough after a game, whether you win or lose, it's probably good <laughs> to take take 10 or 15 minutes and try to calm down before you uh, say a whole lot. But uh, I think Coach Urban Meyer said it best. He said it was, he said, I, I can't disagree with him. Like, it's true. He only got the ball 11 or 12 times, so he's a competitor. He wanted the ball. He felt like he could give his team a chance to win. He just said he felt like it was maybe the wrong forum to try to voice his opinion at that time. That's something that you should probably do behind the scenes and go to the coaches directly. So, yeah, I mean, his his message was was probably right, and, and it would have been it might have been a little easier if he would have just, you know, gone to the source directly <laughs> instead of going to the media. But I you can't. I mean, these kids are 20, 21 years old. I mean, everybody knows now, if you look back, like, come on now. If we had cameras on us every second of the day, it's a, it would be a bad deal for a lot of us. I don't know how old you are. I'm 31. I'm, I'm happy. When I was in college, there wasn't a whole lot of a lot of this stuff, as, as, but nearly as much media coverage and stuff everywhere you go as it is now. No, no doubt about it. And, and that's the thing that always blows. Mind. I think the thing that blows the mind of um, particularly uh, fans here in the UK is when we go out and we see college games and there's 105,000 fans in the horseshoe. That's crazy to us. That's, you know, so it is a lot of pressure on a young guy. And I think you're absolutely right with that, uh, certainly. Look, but uh, fi- final thing with you before we go. Um, obviously, you mentioned it's Thanksgiving tomorrow. Are you going to be able to watch the games and particularly keeping an eye over your old mates over at the Packers? Yeah, I think they have the night game tomorrow night. So yeah, we'll, you know, Thanksgiving we always have the you usually have the games on at least in the background. So I'll, I'll definitely check them out. I still talk to a lot of my good buddies that's still on the team and the training staff and everybody. So I'll be checking them out as I'm chasing my kids around trying to get them not to beat <laughs> each other up. And I, I think a lot of us 
still fancy. I know the Bengals have gone on this slide. You pick up the win against the Rams, get the season back on track. You know, this is a team who definitely have the look like they could kick that that uh, kind of playoff uh, issue that they've had over the last couple of years, trying to think of a better phrase for it. But uh, let's just put it this way. Say you do get there and, and you manage to maybe beat the Patriots in the playoffs. You get to Santa Clara. How would you feel if that matchup ended up being against Green Bay, if you did get to the Super Bowl and that was the team you were facing? I mean, hey, it's a, I, that's, that's obviously all of our goals, is to get to the Super Bowl and win. And I've, I've been lucky enough to do that once, and I want to get back there. So whoever that team may be, of course, I'd be going against a lot of my a lot of good friends and a lot of my you know former teammates of mine. So no matter who it would be, I'd, I'm excited. I'd be excited for the challenge for sure. But it would add a little bit more juice to the game, I guess, if it would be my old squad. <laughs> Look, we really hope we get to see you out in Santa Clara late this year, and certainly if not, uh, we hope to see you over here in London uh, next October. A real pleasure chatting to you, AJ. Hey, thanks for having me. AJ Hawk there, obviously excited to be coming over to London next year. We have to make sure we take him some Yorkshire puddings to train him. Oh, yeah. He loved the sound of that. I had short, I had Yorkshire puddings yesterday. I really struggled to describe them. I was like, well, the savoury batter, a bit like pancakes, but salted, but then baked in the oven until they grow to kind of the size of potatoes, but they're hollow and crispy with a soft inside. And I just, I, 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 I love Yorkshire puddings. Oh, I love, uh, the Yorkshire puddings I had yesterday, they were this size. Uh, to amazing. just explain, Ollie's holding something the similar size to the idol from the first Indiana Jones <laughs> yeah. film that he takes off the plinth and replaces with the bag of sand. Yeah, it, That's it, like, it, kind of the size of the Yorkshire pudding you had, right? Yeah, and then you poured uh, gravy in the middle of them. Oh, my. Was God. it also as long and tall as you were indicating then uh, as well? No, 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 it's more squidgy. More, more squidgy, much like, much like my fine self. Yeah. <laughs> get off. Piss off. You're so um, <laughs> right, uh, plenty uh, still to get to on the show today. Uh, but before we do so, and uh, some people have noted this last weekend, uh, we've got some information about the fantastic new MatchPoint app. Right, we still haven't even talked about the th- three Thanksgiving games yet. We haven't got on to the weekend's games. I want to talk some Johnny Football with you as well, after your rant got some real love on Twitter, and then what happened has happened since then. Uh, and we, I'd like, it's been such a massive week of news, etc., that there's been the announcement of the Hall of Fame 25 shortlist coming out. First of all, Tony Baselli, good friend of the show, been on many times with us. Well done, sir. Well done. Tony Baselli gets onto the shortlist for the first time ever. It's always difficult to rate uh, tackles. You've got players like uh, Joe Jacoby, who's been in there for some time. Another good friend, Morton Anderson, makes it onto the list. Well done, Morton. Someone else, Isaac Bruce, also friend of the pod, is getting on there as well. Terrell Davis, friend of the pod, getting onto the shortlist. Ten times a semi-finalist, poor Terrell Davis. Um, it's one of those lists where there are two or three players on there um, who... You've got Kurt Warner, who'll be in it for his second time. You've obviously got Brett Favre. We saw the fantastic uh, situation at, at Green Bay when he had his jersey retired last week. There are some phenomenal names on there, and it'll be a really... This looks like one of the hardest lists they've ever had. You've got people like Marvin Harrison, who's been there for three years, who, to me, is a nailed-on Hall of Famer, and yet can't get in because there's been this kind of uh, logjam at the wide receiver position. Uh, so we'll get what we'll do is when we get the next shortlist out, when it gets down to the 12 or whatever it works out to, we'll do a bit of a special. We'll get a couple of journos mm. on. We love talking about the Hall of Fame. We lo- uh, all the ins and outs. If you've never heard our old Hall of Fame special, you can still get that online. So, it was uh, that Texan journo that we got on? Uh, for the Hall, Hall of, of Fame, Fame. Uh, John McClain. Yeah, he was amazing. John McClain, following on Twitter, he is one of my favourites. Yeah, yeah. He's very angry, but very, very good. Yeah, uh, John Lynch. Uh, there's so many great names in here. I mean, I could go through the whole list, but that would take... I think Tony Dungy gets in first time. Uh, I think you've got people like 
Roger Craig's been there. Oh, there's so many good names. It's really exciting this year. Yeah, it's a really, really good list this year. Orlando Pace, probably the best tackle of all time. Joe Orlando Pace, phenomenal statistic I saw the other day. Orlando Pace, in his NFL career, Hall of Fame NFL career, multiple years in the league, had 11 holding penalties all time. What? Like Greg Robinson, the first round pick for the Rams, has had 13 holding penalties this season wow. against him. So uh, th- that you know, just shows you how incredible Orlando Pace was. It's difficult to judge offensive linemen by statistics, but that is ridiculous. To be as dominant as you've been for that long and to never have to even revert to holding, etc., is pretty cool. Who's greater of the Terrells in that list? Uh, which are the, who are the, what are the Terrells? Terrell Owens. And Terrell Davis. Terrell Davis. Uh, Terrell Owens? Did it at the... Hu- Terrell Davis basically won two Super Bowls yeah. for, for the Broncos. And it was when they moved to that running game when uh, they realised that they had to take uh, the weight off the shoulders of Elway. He was phenomenal and should have been MVP twice. He only was MVP once, I think. Uh, and he's a lovely man as well. There yeah, is that. We love him. I, I talked to him about Yorkshire puddings as well. That's really what a weird coincidence that is. I maybe when he comes... I, I ate Yorkshire puddings with Terrell Davis. In fact, at at, um, <laughs> at the Houses of Parliament. That's a weird story. You make me sick in your <laughs> humble brags. For another time, Watch maybe. out, everyone, because that's number one of many more humble brags from Will Gavin later on to this show. We haven't even mentioned Five Live Sports ah, Extra. Don't make me uh, sick. <laughs> this Sunday, 7.30pm, Five Live Sports Extra. Me, Mike Carson, Nat Coombs. I'm putting that list in very much the wrong order. And Mark Hunter, you know, t- uh, two-time gold medalist or whatever he is. I or whatever am, he is. Uh, I am He's a superior hunter. That's in what that, he is. In that list of four, I am very much bottom of that power rankings. But we're going to have some real fun on Sunday night. So do tune in for that. We'd love to hear from you whilst you're watching the games on TV. Tweet us at Gridiron, at Will Gav as well, and we'll get some of your tweets on air. It'll be really good fun. Uh, rolling through, because we've really got so much to cram in, Ollie. Uh, that was enough. On the, was that enough on the Hall of Fame? Yeah, get deal? on with it. Thanks. <laughs> do you feel like I'm rushing? I feel like I'm rushing. Get on with it. Let's take a breath. Let's put some nice, calming music on. And talk about the Thanksgiving game. And normally what we do is start with the early game and progress our way to the late game. But let's start off with Jay Cutler throwing for 200 yards and a score and the Chicago Bears held off the Green Bay Packers in the torrential weather of Minneapolis. No, Wisconsin. (laughs) I completely forgot what state you were in then. Of Green Uh, Bay. (laughs) It doesn't matter. I said Green Bay already. You can't say it twice in the intro. Uh, uh, (laughs) And held off the Green Bay Packers on a fourth and goal from the eight with 22 seconds left for a 17-13 victory on Thursday night. Aaron Rodgers threw to the end zone, deflected off Devontae Adams' hands. James Jones couldn't hang on for a potential touchdown catch on third down. And the Packers fell to their third defeat in four games. Ollie Hunter, how are you feeling right now? It's pretty disconsolate. Let's go crackers with the Packers. <laughs> pretty what? Disconsolate. Is that is that the right word? I don't know. <laughs> I'll go with it. It's fine. I think it is. Uh, look, the, the Bears have been so improved. Let's give them a bit of love first. Adam Gase has really turned that offense around and made it do special things. So, uh, Vic Fangio, what a coaching staff they've got there. I know yeah. we said it in the offseason. We said they've got a great coaching staff, but it's going to be all about next year where they've managed to get the guys for their scheme. Fangio has really got the guys working to that 3-4 he plays with the pass rushing outside linebackers. They've been really impressive. Um, they They deserved this win, but... Uh, what Aaron Rodgers was like I really thought he was going to put together I thought he was going to put together a drive to win it and then he threw that pick and then I thought he was going to put together another drive to win it and then he lost yeah I I, I, I would say if, if blame was going to be 
uh, puss on anyone, I'd put it on Devontae Adams. <laughs> but Adam, uh, Aaron Rodgers was culpable in that pick, um, not finding his receivers. I also think some of the play calling was pretty horrendous. I think the play calling is your biggest issue. We Huge. S- throwing, it, throwing deep balls on second down when you've got five downs to get, when you've got five yards. Like, they never built consistent drives. And actually, that very final drive where you did end up going for the four downs and, and not uh, converting them. But prior to that, you had, that drive was the first time all night I saw you actually using the run game with intelligence calling the right sort of plays mm-hmm. on each down. I mean, that's the best game I've seen from Eddie Lacy all season by no uh, stretch of the imagination at all. And they just didn't use him properly at all. It was raining. It was a horrible, horrible night in Green Bay. And they should have changed the play calling to fit that. And instead, they're going for these deep shots downfield against a secondary who have improved massively. Tracy Porter was brilliant. He was, he was outstanding. On Thursday. And that um, should have been a pick in the first half. Stupid um, pass interference call against the Bears. The Packers ended up scoring, or just about scoring. Did you see uh, Lacey chuck the ball up in the air going into the end? Ridiculous. But that that, that whole thing shouldn't have happened because of the stupid P.I. call. Ridiculous. I mean, Pernell McPhee is turned into an absolute star. Shane McClellan somehow as an inside linebacker has become brilliantly with Fangio. This is a good Bears team. Yeah against a not very good Packers team on the night, I'm afraid. Yeah, Adams, two receptions of 14, targeted 11 times. He just kept dropping the ball. Not good He's enough. regressed massively. I'm, I'm, I'm really sad about that as well, because I like Devontae Adams a lot. I, think he, I still think that when you get Jordy Nelson back next year, Randall Cobb signed to that contract, you keep him as a three who can be an outside guy while Cobb works the slot and uh, Nelson works deep, and you get a good tight end in there, you've still got a phenomenal offence, but... Jordy Nelson has been missed way more than I expect him to be. The, the preseason rhetoric was uh, Rogers will do it no matter who is around him. But unlike Tom Brady, yeah. he's not managed to do that. And it's, it's really shown without that deep threat, without the play-action threat that they always had, that that's been a real miss. Let's move on. We've got two more Thanksgiving games to talk about and loads of games to preview as well. Uh, as the Panthers... Advanced to ten and zero. They want. They want eleven. Advanced to eleven and zero. What I meant to say was advanced to fifteen straight regular season wins. And if you look at their slate, if you look at the rest of the games they've got left, this Panthers team very well could go sixteen and zero. They thrashed Dallas thirty three fourteen. How Dallas were ever the favourites in this game? You've got the team with the best record in the NFC against the team with the worst record in the NFC, and they made Romo look stupid. And now we can stop talking about the Cowboys going to the playoffs. I'm sorry, I know Tony Romo's hurt as well but that's it that rhetoric and that storyline is over and i'm delighted they're going to be closer to the number one pick than they are to the playoffs <laughs> that's incredible well done will gavin one of my favorite parts of the whole game was that when you went to say you walked your wife out of, uh, <laughs> out of the hippodrome he went to change into his uh, san francisco 49er jersey wonderful jersey the black one with the uh, red we, 94 we were uh, on the full-on hipster jerseys in our little booth weren't we you with your bj raji me with my justin smith it's defensive lineman in our in our booth only exactly uh only one of us looks like a defensive lineman uh, it's definitely not you yes we know, we know that's um, the truth. <laughs> but uh, you came and sat down and were like seen the score Seven nil. You didn't even know that yeah, the Panthers I, yeah. had scored on the second possession of of the game. Incredible. Yeah, Tony Romo gifted them a touchdown straight away from the off. Uh, Cam Newton, a uh, big boost from a defense that returned two of Romo's three interceptions for touchdowns. The Panthers run their NFL best uh, their NFL best fifteen game winning streak continued as I said uh, Romo injured the same left collarbone that sidelined him for seven games of that losing streak that they had and. 
Honestly, uh, it seems like he was rushed back too quickly. From everything they're saying, he was not ready. The hit he took was not mm-hmm. really severe enough to see him injured in that way. He's probably out for the rest of the season. Uh, Luke Keekley got two picks on the night. Kurt Coleman got another on the other side. Josh Norman continues to close down number one guys, just like he's been doing all season. Uh, this is a very, again, very, very good Panthers team against a not very good Dallas Cowboys team. Luke Keekley intercepted two straight passes from Romo. One of them taking it taking it home for a six pick. And uh, Cam Newton said after the game, we had a lot of help from our defence. Defence went out there, defence went out there and brought their A game. <laughs> I've been watching football today, soccer today. Uh, defence went out there and brought their A game and made our job a lot easier. And do you know what? That's Cam Newton doing what he should do and putting it back onto his defence because the defence were outstanding. What I really enjoyed as well was Des Bryant has been shut down by Richard Sherman and by Josh Norman in two of his last four games uh, and uh, Josh Norman afterwards uh, when <laughs> he said pre-season that he circled Thanksgiving on his calendar because he wanted to face Des Bryant. After the game, uh, when he was talking to reporters in the locker room, he said, hey, they need to get Des's 70 million back. He absolutely blasted Des Bryant. Josh Norman, love his swagger, love what he's been doing this year, love this team, love Cam Newton. Panthers, like Panthers Cardinals for an NFC Championship game. To the guy who won our, uh, Luke, I think it was, who won our NFC AFC Championship competition. If that, you get to see that game of football, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Incredible. A little kit watch, hashtag, uh, colour rush, both uniforms. Even Fine. though Bandini said uh, white isn't a colour, it, 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 you know it's the it's the background of all colours. I forgot I forgot about our Bandini colour banter that happened <laughs> after four hours of drinking that seemed like a really good idea. Dan Lowe turned up at very much the wrong point. Dan Lowe from Americanage. Uh, he, uh, you'll be familiar with him if you listen to UK podcasts. He had been on the Five Live coverage for the early part before the second kickoff, and then he joined us for the second game. By that point, we had drunk far too much to welcome a new person to the group. I, no, I hadn't. I'm, me, me and Dan got on well. I really like Dan. I like, Dan Lowe's a great guy. Yeah, really, really funny nice guy, guy. Really nice guy. Well worth a follow on Twitter as well. Says funny things on there. Bandini he, was battered, though. He is a Spurs fan, though. Oh. And, and like a proper home and away 36 games a season kind really? of fan. Yeah, 38 games a season wow. uh, kind of fan. So maybe he misses two, and I was right on the numbers in the first place. Anyway, uh, Stafford throws... I don't care about the numbers. Five touchdowns, tying a career high, three of them to Calvin Johnson for just 83 yards and lifting the Detroit Lions to a 45-14 route of the Eagles. Now these teams are tied on a 4-7 and seven record. <laughs> How have the Eagles won four games? Oh, I don't know. And I, the thing is, I defended Chip Kelly in a big way before the year, and I still think Chip Kelly is a good coach. I'm just not sure he's a good GM. They need to get someone in there who's a better talent scout than him because that he's gone out and got players who supposedly fit his scheme, and their secondary is awful. Uh, the linebackers were poor this week, even though they've got good linebackers in Kendricks and in Kiko Alonso and and guys who have impressed. Um, they, uh, yeah, the running game just didn't get going at all. Murray only got 30 yards off 14 carries, a couple through the air as well. Sanchez, uh, just it was ugly. It was really ugly. Uh, that's all I really want to say about that game. It's a beatdown. It was a real beatdown. Detroit ran for 108 yards, tied a season high uh, with six sacks as well. The Eagles lost three straight. They've allowed at least 45 points in two straight games in one season for the first time ever and have lost by at least 28 points in consecutive games for the first time since 1971. This is the worst Eagles team that there has been for a very, very long time. Chip Kelly, hang your head in shame. Right, shall we look forward to the weekend games? That's Thanksgiving. It's over.
Hopefully we'll be better next year. That's two years in a row where Thanksgiving's been a little bit disappointing. Two blowouts and a tight game that's been ugly. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much exactly how last year went. Uh, right, where do we want to start with our previews? Well, there's a few games from the early games I really like the look of. Um, and I, what I'm going to start us off with, I've decided already, even though I said you could run the games, uh, is the Atlanta Falcons hosting the Minnesota Vikings. The Falcons' seemingly cosy playoff position has disappeared almost as quickly as the Vikings' chance to get atop of their own division. Uh, Minnesota 7-3 grabbed sole position of first place with five straight wins and three consecutive Green Bay Losses. The Packers thought that they'd crash the party with their 30-13 win last weekend, but their loss to the Bears gives Vikings another hope to return to the top of the division against the Falcons team very much on a slump. Yeah, Matt Ryan, he's not playing well. Three more interceptions last week to give him six in the last four games. Um, the, the worst one was to was from his own end zone straight into the arms of the linebacker. Dequell, I love that. Dequell. Dequell Jackson. Dequell that Jackson. was a terrible pick. Terrible pick. Great name. Uh, some of uh, Ryan's uh, <laughs> numbers suggest that this season aligns with his first seven, a career eye of two point, 298 passing yards per game. But he's had 10 interceptions and lost a career, excuse me, a career high three <laughs> fumbles. Many of the turnovers in key spots. Ryan is on a slump, a downward slump. I still have the belief that the Falcons have got a good enough team to uh, to win this one. Um, I uh, My concern... I really was like all on the Vikings falling apart when they got to this good run of teams and they lost to the Packers in pretty spectacular fashion this weekend. But uh, you've no doubt that that, uh, that was a, that was a, uh, a, a, this could be a win. I think so. Oh, that's I what I'm, I've I taken on the, the uh, on the predictor game on gridiron Magazine. Now, we spoke with our chum AJ Hawk earlier on in the podcast, and we mentioned the Rams and Bengals game. He talked about the quality they have at running back. Uh, St. Louis... They've been tr- struggling when they get smothered by an off- a defensive line, and the Bengals can do exactly that this weekend. Three consecutive losses have the Rams back at four and six, in danger of exiting the playoff picture, while a third straight for the Bengals would threaten their divisional title hopes. They've lost the last two. However, at eight and two, I think the Bengals move to nine and two this weekend, with the Steelers threatening. Yeah, I'm going Bengals. It's, the Rams are hoping to avoid a 12th consecutive season without a winning record. St. Louis have lost four of the last five road games, including its last three Bengals. I like this uh, quick fire Sunday preview. Uh, Let's move on to the next game, which is a surprise, a sneaky good game, if you will. Does sneaky good annoy you as much as winningest? Sneaky good always really annoys me. No, I think winningest is probably... The Antichrist of all Americanisms. And we have two 5-5 five and five teams, the youngest quarterback in the NFL in Jameis Winston, travelling to face the oldest starting quarterback in the NFL in Matt Hasselback. Winston has a chance to post his first three-game win streak of his career, and the Colts could improve to 4-0 and with Hasselbeck under centre. The winner will prove to 6-5 and five and have a real good, strong chance of a playoff berth. For the Buccaneers... They've not been to the playoffs since 2007. No Florida team has been to the playoffs since 2008. There's a really good chance that the Buccaneers could get in on a wild card. Wow. Wow! They really could. Jameis Winston is having a great year. He hasn't had a turnover for the um, for five times out of the last six games. He hasn't con- conceded a turnover, which is incredible. Doug Martin is r- on point. He had an amazing week last week. Uh, with two, 235 yards. He's 15... F- the Duggernaut. The Duggernaut. He's 59 shy of 1,000. He's averaging five yards per carry. I'm loving Doug Martin, especially seeing as he's in my fantasy team. I am, however, taking the Colts. 
I, my belief is that Chudzinski, what he's been doing with the offence since Hasselbeck came in, he's made it much simpler. A lot of two tight end sets, running the ball well with both Gore and Amar Bradshaw. I think the Colts are just, they're so desperate for this division uh, that they're going to win. And I've now, I'm probably going to be wrong. I'm not going to lie. Actually, I might be bold and take the Bucks on Pickham because I need to extend my lead if I can. I think I've taken the Bucks. Because I'm being bold. And also, I also want the Jags to win that division. No, oh, I don't know. This is a bit of a coin flip for me. Do it. Coin it. Coin flip I am going to take it. <laughs> I literally coin flip, <laughs> coin flip it. it. All right, let's do it. I'm now not going to have a coin in my wallet to, uh, to do this with. This was meant to be the quick podcast. Coin and instead, it. we're coin flipping. It's going to be with... Let's do 2P. Uh, the heads, the Queen of England, can be Andrew Luck as our nation's hero. <laughs> and uh, the same uh, beard, the kind of Welsh three feathers thing can be the Bucks because they play the in Prince Rome. of Wales feathers. Yeah, that one. It's spinning on its side. That is ridiculous. Oh, I'm oh, taking the Bucks. I'm taking the Bucks. It is the Bucks. Well, I've got to go and switch my pick online now. Uh, another great looking game on paper is <laughs> is the five and five. This is lots of five and five teams at the moment. Five and five Buffalo Bills traveling to the resurgent. Five and five Kansas City Chiefs streaking their way towards history, potentially. They can continue their impressive run with a fifth consecutive victory when they face Buffalo at home. And they're also trying to remain as a serious playoff contender. They're yet to lose since their early uh, run in the season. They've done brilliantly since uh, they came to London. They were phenomenal without Jamal Charles. What's going on? This brilliant defense. We love the Chiefs! The, the reason I say uh, history setting, they would be they would join the 1970s Cincinnati Bengals as the only team to make the playoffs since starting one and five. That's two teams all time to do it. And people mocked us when we went into the Chiefs locker room and said, do you think you can go on a streak and go to the playoffs? People went, nah, that's ridiculous. They're far too far behind. They're doing it. They're really doing it. Eric Berry has reiterated it. They, they believe they're on the way to the playoffs. I think they're on the way to the playoffs. They've outscored their opponents 130 to 39 during this four-game winning streak. That's incredible. And Alex Smith hasn't thrown an inception for 253 pass attempts. Their third stringer, Spencer Ware, came in and ran for 96 yards and two touchdowns after Shkandrick West went down. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But Buffalo, let's not take it away from them. They played very well against the Pats last week. Uh, McCoy has been brilliant since coming in 126 total yards uh, on average and scoring twice in the last four games the Chiefs run defence has been good it's it's an intriguing matchup but I'm going to invoke Arrowhead and take the Chiefs at home I am also doing that because I love the Chiefs the Chiefs or the Jags to be my AFC team it's so hard I'm, 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 let's, let's go for the Jags and let's talk about the Jags next, even though this is an ugly, ugly game of football. San Diego travel to Jacksonville. San Diego at two and whatever they are on the season. Six, eight, two and eight, I guess. Uh, they've, they're losers of a league worth six in a row, travelling to Everbank Field. The Jags have won two straight for only the second time in five years after their comeback victory over Tennessee last week. Uh, They had to rely on the Rashad Green punt return. It wasn't a great performance, but they got the win, and that's the difference to this Jags team from before. I still want them to get bolder on offense. I like what they've got there, but they're not taking the chances I want them to take. And if they want to be a playoff team this year, they're going to have to take chances. They're going to have to win games. But I think they moved to 5-6 and today. I'm taking the Jags. Yeah, I'm going the Jags, even though they've lost four in a row to San Diego, including uh, both in the last two seasons as well. I'm with you on that. They need to be a bit bolder. Mm-hmm. Who was it that they brought in 
Um, and they've done it, I think, three times out of the last four games since Wembley, where they brought in someone on uh, well, just to bash in, the ball in on the, the on the on the goal line. They brought in Denar Robinson for three. It wasn't on the goal line, but they brought in Denar Robinson t- on um, uh, to go for three attempts to try and convert for seven odd yards. I think it ended up being uh, because they needed to get the first down to try and force the Titans out of the game. They didn't manage to do that, and they could have lost the game because of it. And of course, at Wembley, we saw them Toby Gerhardt do it with Toby Gerhardt yeah. on the goal line. So some silly play calling, and not. So going I want for them it. to not do that. Pump uh, just. Just flight it up to uh, to Alan Robinson, Big Alan, Big Big Al, two Allens. Uh, let's just <laughs> Alan. Uh, do you want me to play the drop? Is that what you, well, is that mate, what you're I'm, doing? I'm just trying to. Let's try it. That's not the right one. Let's try it. <laughs> I love that one though. Uh, I do. To the bang. That is that one. Uh, no. Can't watch. Uh, yeah, I really don't know where the Allens one is. I don't know where it's saved. Maybe we were in another studio for that we one. In, we were in another studio. Damn it. I'll find it ready for next week, I promise all right, you. All right. uh, <laughs> I'm going Jags. Uh, that's a really ugly game. Let's not talk about that yet. Let's go with... There's a couple of, a divi- a couple of big divisional games this weekend. Uh, as Miami travel to the New York Jets, the Jets st- trying to stay revelant. Revelant? <laughs> trying to stay relevant after slipping to 5-5 five and five after their phenomenal start to the season. They've lost four of their last... Five games, Fitzpatrick throwing two picks against the Texans to end the Jets' two last drives. The Dolphins, uh, Jekyll and Hyde under Dan Campbell, but going into New York, I fancy the home team here in a divisional matchup. Jets to move to six and five. New York has lost three in a row and six of seven at home against the Dolphins. Whoa. I, yeah, whoa, whoa. Uh, Del- Darrell Rivas is out. I think that could be a good thing uh, for the Jets and for the neutral. And for the neutral, indeed. <laughs> um, good thing for the Jets. How is that a good thing for the Jets? Because he's not been great this year. Oh, shut up. He has still been great. He's just not been the best in the league. This, this really annoys me about the uh, Darrell Rivas rhetoric, is that, oh, he's been burnt a couple of times. It's like, what, he's now human? We're now seeing that occasionally he can be beaten every now and again. He's still one of the top five to ten guys in the league. I'd still take him in a heartbeat. Yeah, I'd take him in a heartbeat. I love you. I love you, Rivas. I don't feel like you did. I feel well, like you cast too much shade. Well, I did, but you changed my mind. <laughs> I'm very fickle. Who are you taking? Uh, I think Jets will arrest their home slump against the Dolphins. I'm going Jets. Let's go with the 5-5 five and five New York Giants at the 4-6 and six UK-bound Washington professional, semi-professional football team. Uh, Washington can post their first five-game single-season home win streak since 19... 19- 91. Wow. Whoever wins this game will move to first in the mediocre NFC East. Uh, New York has held a one-game lead over Washington forever, it seems. Uh, while the Giants sat week 11 out, uh, Washington were crushed in Carolina. The Eagles were routed at home to Tampa Bay and then battered in Thanksgiving. I just think the Giants uh, on the road have enough to do this and they're going to win in a lousy division. Yeah, New York has outscored Washington 40, 145 to 71 in their last five meetings. Uh, the last three coming since Jay Gruden became the Redskins coach. Uh, sorry, Washington's coach. Uh, I will go for the Giants. I don't want to because I want to pick something other than <laughs> what you're picking. <laughs> but right. you know what? I'm going Washington. Oh, hello. Here yeah. we go. Sexy. Uh, four and six New Orleans, who, I don't four and six, honestly, I think flatters them. The five and five Texans. Uh, this is the moment the Texans could grab the sole place at the top of the AFC disgrace. JJ Watt's ability to get to the quarterback and a vastly improved defense has turned the season around there. Brian Hoyer coming back in at quarterback. I'm not sure that's a good thing. 
TJ Yates has been all right and handled the team fine the last couple of weeks. Uh, but he's only got to go up against the terrible Saints defence, so maybe this is the best game to have him back for. <laughs> uh, they've allowed just 29 points, uh, total points, uh, and an average of 244 yards in a three-game win streak uh, to move to tie with Indianapolis at the top of the South. The Texans have really impressed. Their secondary's got much better. They've been allowing J.J. Watt a lot more freedom. I like them on the defence. I hate the Saints on the defence. I think the Texans win this I've gone Texans as well. JJ Watt has been a catalyst for nice. recent defensive Good success. Uh, seven and a half of his league leading eleven and a half sacks have come over the last four games. I'm loving JJ Watt at the moment. Uh, you know who got um, who he sacked first time ever in his in his NFL career? Go on, Drew Brees. Wow. I'm going JJ Watt's. Houston Texans. Nice, right? The uh, the duffer of the early games as the Raiders travel to the Titans. Uh, the Raiders have been poor. Braidens, the Raiders have been poor over the last three weeks, but find themselves in a better overall state than the two and six Tennessee Titans if they can avoid a fourth consecutive defeat by handing the Titans their eleventh straight home loss on Sunday. This, I really, I, I've taken the Titans in this. That's how annoyed I've been with how badly the Raiders have played in the last three weeks. They were terrible on offense last week. This offense, which is meant to be brilliant. Derek Carr's been so impressive this season. Um, I, yeah, I, um, I took the Titans for the bit of an upset. Here's a chance for you to gain a game back. Yeah, um, yeah I'll go Raiders, but no, I won't. I want the <laughs> Titans. I like the Titans. Do you, what do you think the most skewed... Uh, skewed sort of win-loss record. Is it the Titans at two and eight, the Saints at four and six, or the Eagles at four and seven? Sorry, sorry. Just ask that question one more time. So the mo- the weirdest win-loss record, or you can't really explain, like Titans two and eight, Raiders, uh, not the Raiders, uh, the Saints four and six, and the Eagles at four and seven. Which one of those doesn't really match up? You think? I think they're all. I, I think the uh, the Saints is flattering. I think the Eagles are flattering, and I think it's a bit unfair the Titans are 2-8. Yeah, I, I think don't they've been a bit that. better than that. I don't think they've been much better than that. Uh, <laughs> uh, so are you taking the Titans or the Raiders? Sorry, no, I'm taking Titans. Fine. Okay, well, you should take a different team to me. You need to make up some games. Uh, right, let's get into the late games, because there are some cracking late games this weekend. Uh, they're not all cracking, admittedly. Let's start off with the the least cracking of the group, because the next two are awesome, and then Monday Night Football makes me want to be sick in my own mouth. Because it's so bad. I'm not talking about that game. Uh, the <laughs> Arizona Cardinals travel to the San Francisco 49ers, uh, taking on Blaine Gabbert in his own house. This is going to be an Arizona battering. Well, did you know? They hammered us earlier in the season. And admittedly, that included four picks off Colin Kaepernick. But uh, this is the Cardinals are going to absolutely just destroy the 49ers this weekend. Did you know the Cardinals have lost six straight road games against the 49ers? Yeah, I did know that. And do you know why I knew that? Because we used to be a good football team! And we're not anymore. All right, mate. So I don't want to. Arizona, four and one on the road this season, has won two of the past three overall meetings after dropping nine of ten. I'm taking the Cardinals. History suggests that the 49ers will win, but the 49ers are a terrible football team. Uh, Now on to two absolute stonkers to end the Sunday night games. Starting off with Pittsburgh at 6-4, travelling to the 5-5 Seattle Seahawks. They've had to handle some serious absences on offence throughout this season and have been... uh, 
done brilliantly doing so, unlike some other teams that we could talk about. Cowboys. Um, Marshall Lynch will miss the second straight game and probably the rest of the season after going undergoing abdominal surgery for a sports hernia. But Thomas Rawls was phenomenal last week. He was. He's been brilliant through this season so far. It looks like they've got themselves a little Marshall Lynch to carry on the mantle. Cut Lynch at the end of this season. Get rid. Run Thomas Rawls. I really like this guy. But the Seahawks defense is concerning to me. Really concerning. Really concerning. They're not stuff. They're, they're secondary where you'd think they would be better with the guys, the pieces that they've got there. Chancellor, Sherman, L. Thomas. L. Ch- Thomas. Chancellor and L. Thomas, theoretically, on paper, are the best safety pairing in the league. But they're getting beaten deep. Mm. And they're getting beaten deep more than almost any other team in the league. I think they're on something like uh, 27% of all of their passes are over 20 yards that they're wow. conceding. And that's bad when you've got that pair of safeties and you've got Richard Sherman on the outside. Part of it is moving Sherman around. And I don't think Sherman handles that very well. I like Richard Sherman when he's on the outside, when he's forcing guys to the touchline, when he's able to jump the routes and make the big plays on the ball. Uh, I genuinely think that with the offensive weapons the Steelers have with Big Ben, they're going to go into Seattle, they're going to get the semi-upset, and they're going to move to 7-4. and four. The Seahawks drop to 5-6. and six. Steelers have won the last three meetings of these two teams, including consecutive shutouts and a Super Bowl XL. Which one's that? 40. 40. There you go. Yeah. How do you know that? Is L30? L is, uh, no, L is 50, and because the X comes before it, it's 10, 50 minus 10. Stupid Romans. (laughs) What what did they ever do for us? Roads, straight roads, and orgies. Yeah, that's true, orgies, aqueducts. Yep, loads Um, of good stuff. All the the best things. The the decimal system. Did they come up with the decimal system? I think they came up with the decimal system. No, that could have been the Greeks. Yeah, well... Fuck the Greeks. Yeah, fucking Greeks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I'm taking the Steelers for the slight road upset. I'm going Seahawks. Mm. I don't want to, but I need to, I need to catch up. <laughs> oh, la la. I would like to go Steelers. Going Seahawks. That's my game of the weekend, personally, but there is a phenomenal game being played on Sunday Night Football as the 10-0 New England Patriots, who have looked fallible in recent weeks, travel to Denver, 8-2. Brock Osweiler can, is going to continue his ascension, and Denver are going to get interior pass rush all up in Tom Brady's face, and Denver are going to win this one at home. I'm convinced this is the first Pats loss of the season. Yeah, I think it was. I remember when we said when we think that uh, teams will lose. I've got their first game when there were like seven, six, five, six, six yeah. and zero uh, teams. This was the one that I highlighted that the Patriots will lose. I think they'll lose. Broncos will win. Um, it's it, the thing is, it's going to be a really tough uh, four game. I, I, my concern is Amendola's not going to be back, so there are literally no weapons for Tom Brady. And, and um, this is the week that um, this is the week uh, that Carson Palmer jumps ahead Tom Brady in the MVP race. Wow. Can I ask you something? Yeah. Who do you dislike more, the Cowboys or the Patriots? I don't dislike anyone, Ollie. I am a man with love in his heart and hope in his head who wants to see everyone do well. That being said, if prob- I just... prob- probably the Cowboys. Yeah, I was just going to say, if I was <laughs> to point at them, would I be right? I don't know. I probably, I, yeah, I, yes. I, I think I'd say you're right. Because of a certain defensive player. Yeah. And- and that, their fans. That wins it. That wins it over. Uh, <laughs> we should probably preview this game more. But do you know what? You know how good a game this is going to be. You know how important this is. You know that it's going to be Brady against that phenomenal linebacking call. You know they're going to double-team Gronk and try and do something with that. You, I, I think this is going to be such a fascinating battle. I cannot wait to see it. And it's going to be a tight game, and I'm really excited. Can Osweiler get the victory over Belichick and Brady? Oh, I'm so excited!
Come on! And then there's Monday Night Football. No, there's no Monday Night Football. It's the only, <laughs> it's the only week where there's, there's actually no Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football will feature the fantastic quarterback matchup of Matt Sharp facing off against Josh McCown as the Ravens at 3-7 and seven travel to the 2-8 and eight Browns. And do you know what? I'm working that night, meaning I'm awake anyway, and I'm still not. <laughs> That's incredible. I will watch the three-minute highlight package that they put out on NFL now, and I will be happy with it. I'm sorry to that Browns fan who emailed us a couple of weeks ago telling us to be nice about the Browns, but this is a terrible game of football. I'm taking the Browns? I didn't even put it on my notes. I've done notes this week. I didn't even bother. Browns. Uh, First, the the one thing we can discuss with this game, however, because Ollie had such a great rant about it the other day and people seem to love it on the old Twitter, etc., is Johnny Manziel has been relegated to the third-string quarterback for partying during his bye week. Now, we understand that part of it is that he uh, uh, rumours come out that he lied to the team and said they were old photos and video, and then it emerged that they did come out during the bye week. So that's obviously a bigger issue than the initial issue was. But I hate this decision. I hate this decision because you've you've got two two things happening with the Cleveland Browns. You're two and eight. You either think... Johnny Manziel might be our quarterback of the future. He's probably not quite got the raw ability, but he makes big plays out of the pocket. He seems to have something about him. Let's go with him for the rest of the season. We know we're a terrible team. We know we're going to be picking high, but let's see what we've got out of him for six games. Or you go, he's done this. He's cocked it up for the team. He's really let us down. He's gone against what he said he'd done. He's been in rehab and he's not learned his lesson. Cut him. Don't make him the third stringer and sit there and still come to training and everything else. You know, he could find a job elsewhere. He could sort his own life out by doing so. You clearly have no want for him on the Browns. And then to come out like two days later and for Mike Pettin to say that uh, didn't actually say that Josh McCown was definitely going to be the starter for the rest of the season, i.e. suggesting the door was still open. Do you know what? Mike Pettin sucks. It was a terrible, terrible decision for the Browns for me. And I want uh, nothing to do with them. Who's their number two now? Uh, I, some guy I've never heard of. Oh. I imagine. I, <laughs> it's yeah. actually. I bet it's going to end up being sort of like. Uh, you know what? They can have. Do you know, Colin it's the Kaepernick. most interesting. Do you, want, do you want Colin Kaepernick now, Cleveland? I, I know that technically the trade deadline's done, but I Would reckon we can work something out. Austin Davis. Austin Davis had a good run for the Rams last season. Actually. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, Austin Davis. Let's have him in there. Would you swap? Manziel for Kaepernick? No, it's not what we need in San Francisco right now. But I think there are locations where he could end up. <laughs> good, that's good mind meld. Well done, mate. Right, uh, I, I kind of feel like we've got to the end of our tether, the end of the show. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add in to everything, Ollie, before I do some corporate shilling? No. Good, thanks for that. I really enjoyed having that long silence. I'm going to have to edit it out. No, what you don't know is it went on for like four minutes. so uh, thank you very much for listening as always keep checking us out at Gridiron on Twitter gridiron-magazine.com big thanks again to everyone at the Bengals and AJ Hawk for setting up that interview on such short notice after the London games were announced that was fantastic stuff from them and don't forget Black Friday still for the rest of this weekend you can buy any back issue of the Gridiron magazine for just £2.50 so Enjoy the games tomorrow. We'll be back at the start of next week with a preview. Thank you so much for listening. This has been The Grid Edge. Can I suggest that you do a little bit more prep for tomorrow than you did for today? That's a little harsh.